This is the Shift Podcast. Today on the Shift Daily Podcast, Canadian country singer Dan Davidson has created one-of-a-kind songs just for us here on the Shift, for Ryan O'Donnell specifically. So we take a little look at all of his songs, his albums, so you can get to know Dan's music. Dan Davidson, amazing Canadian country singer. Can you save some serious cash this year? Would you like help with that? We would like to try to get some help too. Coupon Cutie shares some secrets for saving early in 2022 and setting some success into your path for what you could do financially. But you got to learn a lot, so we're going to get some help. Are you okay with beans? Are they musical? And are they magical? This is the Shift Podcast. Are you okay with beans? Ooh, yes. Love beans. Burritos, bowls, uh, beans and... uh yeah you might need to say that one again you cut out yeah you cut out it sounded like i cut out swore. oh it sounded like you beans, swore even beans and hot dogs like wieners and beans oh, okay you know? yeah 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 okay. I'm, yeah i'm a big i think more like chili dog okay I'm, i love beans you, i like beans do you beans are good yeah the edamames do you like those they're okay they're, they're probably the least interesting of the beans really like green yeah. beans yeah it's boring. Are good. They're boring. Steam Del Dante. Yeah. No. All right. Well, this is Ryan. Beans, beans. It's the musical fruit, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, magical. No, I, no, I, I was, I was raised magical fruit. Yeah. I always heard magical. Pretty sure that's what it really? is in the Simpsons too. Yeah. Yeah. Bart really? Well, if it's in the Simpsons, that's clearly, you know, mm-hmm. the, the determining factor. Yeah. Right. All right. Well, since we're here. Beans, beans, the musical fruit comes up. What? No. Well, that's because you said it, and that's what the algorithm. No, no. <laughs> well, so it. Yeah, the algorithm is always listening. Okay. It's always listening. Wikipedia. Was well, Wikipedia listening? Beans, no. beans, the musical fruit. No. Wik- is the version. No. There is an alternate version now. Beans, beans, the magical fruit. Oh. Okay. I guess. The younger generation goes with magical. You old fogies go with musical. We have a sense of magic <laughs> in our lives because we grew up. Beans, beans, the musical fruit, magical. I just think about like the old nursery rhymes, right? Magical yeah. beans. All right, but you shouldn't eat too many beans unless you want to. Uh, I'll have less friends, so that's why Brennan loves them. Lately, wait, wait no, oh, oh my God. no. <laughs> They're healthy. I have to challenge that statement as being untrue. I would like <laughs> you to retract that. All right, fine. Redacted. I don't retract that statement. Uh, lately, one woman in the States has been getting attention for purposely tooting uh, to make some serious money. Uh, what was happening? Well, Stephanie Motto, a former star of the 90 Day Fiance. Clearly, that didn't work out. Um, so what she was doing was she was storing and selling Hundreds of jars of her farts, a little glass jar, little tutor root inside, for a thousand dollars a pop. So the first question I get asked a lot is how long do the farts last? And the smell is most prominent for the first two days, but as I like to say, one whiff makes memories that last a lifetime. Now, why do people buy my farts in a jar? I honestly think it's because. I have a really good personality. 
and also because I'm hot. Now, what are some of my foot selling tips and tricks? Number one, don't eat Fiber One bars. You might think it's the easy way out, but there is nothing easy about it on its way out. You know what I mean. Don't push yourself too hard, literally. <laughs> Come on. Don't push yourself. Yeah, well, you're going to I love this story. It gets better. So, uh she did just that. Uh she decided to move on to a new business venture that She decided to move on to a new business venture that don't involve farting. That's a typo. Uh, she told Jam Press, I thought I was having a stroke and that these were my final moments. I was overdoing it. She was pushing it too hard. The 31-year-old says she consumed three protein shakes and a huge bowl of black bean soup, go, go. the magical soup, in one day. After that, she started to feel not so good, with a pressure in her tummy that moved upwards throughout her body. She went to the hospital later that evening, but didn't tell the doctors about her unique career, only the changes she had made to her diet. It was made clear that I was uh, what I was experiencing wasn't a stroke or a heart attack, uh, but very intense gas pains, she said. I was advised to change my diet and take gas suppressant medication, which has effectively effectively ended my business. Stephanie now has retired from selling her farts in a jar. A relief. Nice. To her family. But she has managed to find another unique way of making money from it. Fart NFTs. Fart NFTs. She is selling her farts as NFTs. Non-fungible digital tokens. (laughs) So she's selling FRTs as NFTs? Yeah. How do you make a digital fart? It, how do you make a fart in a jar? It's just, it, it doesn't work. It's just, it's, there's there's no way this works. And the digital aspect of this is so ridiculous. You can't, it's like, this is, this is your fart. Your fart is uh, special because on this day, I added an extra 1010 to the code, and now it smells of lavender. I don't know. It makes no sense whatsoever. People are willing to pay the money, it seems. They are. Which is also concerning. $200,000 she made on selling the farts. Yeah. I will not make that much money until I'm like 50. (laughs) Um, Here's the thing. I mean, she's not really selling the farts. It's basically softcore pornos in the photos. And then, by the way, you can buy my farts. Like, call it for what it is. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I do Our, believe it falls under that umbrella. Yeah. It's she can make it. She's probably got an OnlyFans account of with the videos of the jars and the farts, non. Fart, fungical, fartical, fungical. Anyway, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay with high school sports? Super fun. Uh, De- very different. Yeah, I States, never though. played, but uh, yeah, very different in the states. I never played, but uh, I watched a couple of tournaments, and I like the whole kind of school spirit. My school, St. Francis, was crazy into football. Like, it was a uh, like the half. I bet half of the school's budget went into the football program. Um, but it was cool. Like. 
I didn't really care too much, but it was a uh, yeah, it was a neat program. It's always amazing at the football games, the cheerleaders and all the stuff. I was gonna say, yeah, in the states, I mean, that's crazy. You get broad local TV broadcast rights and twenty five thousand mm-hmm. fans in the stadium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah, that's why it should be. Yeah. Uh, okay, it's amazing for kids and and. Great for the parents who want to watch the games, although there are times when parents obviously take it too far. We've seen it at hockey rinks and all that stuff. Uh, that's for sure. Um, Paul here smashes the glass at a hockey game after a bad call. Way to go, Paul. Way to go, Paul. That was a meme for a long time. Way to go, Paul. I remember my kids said that to me. I screwed something up. All this is way to go, Paul. Yeah. Um, It's true, though. I mean, I've seen all kinds of nasty things in the hockey rink. There was a time where the parents, we were in Olds, Alberta, and the parents were yelling at the ref and yelling at each other and just about fights in the stands, and the hockey players were standing at center ice chatting, making jokes. Right? The parents, the players Mm -hmm. didn't care. Parents are dumb. There's a guy I watched a guy call a referee. This referee was about 16 or 17. Call him short and fat from the crowd. Oh, God. And then, so the guy throws it for a call. Like it was a call where the puck touched the mesh, like the, you know, the mesh that keeps the puck in the, mm-hmm. in the play area. And, and that was it. That was the call it was disagreement of whether the puck did or did not touch the mesh. And this adult calls this kid short and fat. So the kid threw him out of the rink, and then the battle didn't want to leave. It's mind-blowing what we go through. Two years ago, there was a parent in the States that tackled a student during a wrestling match. Here's that story from WFMY News. Yeah, police say the man tackling the 17-year-old Southeast Guilford student is Barry Lee Jones. Investigators say the Southeast student was wrestling his son, a student from Hickory Ridge High School. He's been charged with simple assault and disorderly conduct. In a second video you see here, you see this aftermath as parents and coaches rush to the mats to tackle him. Naturally, these clips made rounds on social media. 16-year-old Nicholas Hunt saw them over the weekend. He wrestles for West Davidson High School. There could have been other ways to resolve that instead of running out there and tackling the other kid. <laughs> yeah, no yeah, kidding. <laughs> Although I did see this recently um, with this, another wrestling event, a video where these two young kids, like these were young, young kids, I'm going to guess under 12, were wrestling on the mat and the one kid just tossed the other kid and the mom came flying out of nowhere <laughs> and threw the other kid. Oh, oh God. it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, okay. There's a whole different level though of parents taking it way too far. And let's just say inappropriate. Oh, very. Jetty, that was inappropriate. A high-ranking Republican lawmaker in Tennessee was ejected from a high school basketball game after apparently trying to pull down the referee's pants. It happened during Providence Academy's home game in Johnson City. In Johnson City. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Against Lakeway Christian Academy, the East Faison's uh, the school that Faison's son attends. Immediately prior to the confrontation, the video shows players jostling for a loose ball before referees separate them. Two players, one from each team, are assessed a technical foul for unsportsmanlike conduct. That's when Faison 
the bad, the, the dad, takes the court. According to a report from the Tennessee Secondary School Athletic Association, when Faison was told to leave the court, he became hostile and said, you can't tell me to leave the floor. That was your fault. Faison issued an apology for the outburst on social media on Tuesday night, of course. For years, I thought how wrong it was when a parent loses their temper at a sporting event, he wrote. It's not Christian. It's not mature. And it's embarrassing to the child have always been my thoughts. Doesn't sound like much of an apology, uh, but still, uh, mind. You know one thing about basketball, though, that does blow me away is how the fans are literally right there. There is no separation. The court. Yeah, soccer field separation, hockey rink separation, football field separation, basketball mayhem when things go sideways. Yeah, they don't often. They don't as often. But like this guy pantsed, tried to pants a referee, I, like. That hasn't happened since like the early 2000. I haven't even Great. heard the word pants since I was in like elementary school. I thought you were going to say it hasn't happened context. since grade three is what hasn't happened since. Uh, yeah, we could go that far back, honestly. Right. So it's like that, man. That's crazy. Holy. All right. Um, bum, 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 bum. Road trip one's pretty good. All right. Out of context clip to get started with that one. Are we there yet? No. 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 Are we there yet? You little. I think we're there. Woohoo! Which is funny because I appreciate your your look at that, but everyone who's my age is going. Why didn't he use National Lampoon's European Vacation? Look, kids, Big Ben. Look, kids, Big Ben. Look, kids, Big Ben. <laughs> so it's neat. It's neat to take a look from different generations on those those moments in comedy. Are you okay? Are you okay with road trips? Absolutely. I've been itching to do another road trip. It's been way mm. too long. Like 2019 was probably my last one. Yeah, summer of 2019. That was you just can't... up to Edmonton. That's not oh, even far. Yeah. I'm sad I can't really do them. Um, one of my greatest life adventures was just randomly deciding to drive from Niagara Falls to Los Angeles. Wow. And then back That's eventually. A trip. Yeah, it was great. You saw the Grand Canyon, saw Vegas in June, too. So it was. 47 Watch. degrees, um, 38 degrees at night. Uh, yeah, saw the Rocky Mountains, saw the plains, cool. and we did the little... The last one was... Go ahead. Oh, so we did a little Road Trippers thing, so like this little Road Trippers app, and saw all the ridiculous stuff, like the world's largest golf tee in Indiana and things like that. So, yeah, it's See, good that's cool. Uh, the last one I did with Salmon Arm was summertime for hockey. was uh, cool. They can be long. They can be fun. An important rule for a road trip is to make us, uh, take as many stops that you need to do. So it could be a real pain in the butt um, you know, when you can't s- stop. All right. But the next time you complain about your road trip, put yourselves in the shoes of these passengers who are stuck on an Amtrak train. This train left New Orleans, but thanks to a snowstorm, passengers were stuck on the train for two days. Atlanta 2 News. We're talking to passengers who have been stranded on the Amtrak train since Sunday. 
It's because of this snow right here that caused backups across the Virginia and D.C. area. Here's some uh, pictures, too, from inside the train where one father tells us they have no food and the bathrooms, they're all backed up. And then uh, at some point during the evening, we got a crazy message on the PA system from an angry uh, staff member who basically came on and yelled at us that staff did not want to hear their complaints, our complaints. Amtrak responded to our questions, telling us, quote, once the tracks are clear, service will resume en route to New York. Our staff is working to make sure food and water is available for customers. And all of that is the same page in the roads in Virginia this week. Andrew Peters of Richmond finally made it home after a nine-hour trek in the winter weather when he was hit by a giant Uber bill. Fox got to speak with him about his $600 trip. Describe what you saw when you were in the car stuck. <laughs> uh, there was a lot of people just walking around, hanging out. A lot of the truckers just went into the little cab and started sleeping. Um, people were peeing all over, like in the middle of the road and stuff like that. I mean, everybody was just waiting. That's, that's it. How long were you stuck on the road? We were stuck from around 11.45 till probably 10, 10 a.m. 11.45 p.m. to 10 a.m. Like nine, nine and a half mm-hmm. hours. See, I've always wondered what would happen if you got stuck in that in a taxi. So I guess there's your answer. Anyway, uh, he got a notice of a refund for his trip, all this kind of stuff, but $600. Ryan's road trip to Edmonton sounds way more fun. That's for sure. This is the Shift Podcast. I want to introduce you to a guy. We said earlier in the week that we would do that. And his name's Dan Davidson. And Dan came to us through Kelsey, who is our, Kelsey Campbell's our executive producer of the show. She does all the business things of the show and helps us create ideas. Now we were talking about, okay, well, we want to change something. And she said, well, my friend Dan will help us with that. He's amazing. And so, you know, Kelsey uh, messages her friend Dan, gets us this new audio piece that we have for Ryan for the show. And then I heard it. I'm like, that's Dan Davidson. What the hey? So yeah, Dan, I've known for a little while, a bunch of years. He's been part of my Christmas show. Turns out it's friends with Kelsey all comes together with uh, Dan Davidson helping us out here in the shift. Uh, thanks for being here. Uh, Dan, I really appreciate it. Before we uh, get started though with you, Dan, let's just hear uh, the piece from Dan Davidson and Ryan's new segment. The millennial on the radio, it's Ryan O'Donnell. Oh, my pleasure. It was, it was actually a lot of fun to, to switch gears and, and turn on some uh, radio jingle muscles there for a second. Yeah, and it's great. Well, the millennial on the radio, um, uh, that's the guy who sings it. And uh, he's not just a, a guy who uh, happens to roll downstairs in his pajamas and, and sing songs into a microphone. Unless he is, <laughs> which I am, I am that guy actually. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've set up the studio in the basement here, so you'd be surprised at how often I'm not dressed for success. Yeah, work from home is a new thing for everybody, including singers. You guys are doing more Zoom calls and writing meetings over Zoom than anything these days, I guess. Yeah, you know, and honestly, like living in Edmonton, it's something that I've kind of been used to, like dealing with songwriters in Nashville and Vancouver and the UK and in LA and stuff. It's like, I'm always on Skype. I'm, I've always been doing writing sessions online and, and things like this. So I'm kind of used to it, used to it. And I think that that's kind of been like a super massive leg up for me when, when the music industry hit the pandemic is like, I have no problem interacting like this at all. And some people find it a little weird because you can't, 
you can't jam, you know, and you can't like yeah, feed off. And the there's a delay. That must be hard, right? Yeah, that's annoying for sure. I, I mean, it's, there's no replacement getting into a room with somebody and, and making something cool. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I got this whole studio here in front of me. You guys can't really, you can't really see it right now, but, um, yeah, it's, I find that I've gotten the flow. I, I kind of know what I do now and, and I figured out this whole Skype thing. How's the, uh, how's the live part going? Cause I know that that for you is, is a big part of what you love to do is get in front of the people. You had a bit of a chance in the summer into the fall and, um, but still not, it's not big Valley Jamboree level stuff. <laughs> well, we almost had that, you know, it's funny. Like when we, it's been these little, like it teases and then speed checks, you know, like we, we, um, played the Calgary stampede was our first show back this summer. And that's a good start. Oh, it was awesome. You know, I was craving it so much. I went out on stage and we played for like 4,000 crazy drunk 20 year olds in a beer garden. Yeah. somewhere. Did you, did you pull a muscle? I figured if it was me and it was my first show back, I'd be so excited. I'd come off stage and I'd be like, I think I pulled a muscle. <laughs> yeah. I, I probably pulled way too many muscles. I'm getting too old for this, but, uh, yeah, I got off stage and, um, you know, I was like, wow, that felt so great. Finally, we're back. And then I kind of thought to myself, am I part of the problem? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, right. Uh, you know what? They, uh, the Calgary Stampede was actually really great for that. They had like everybody testing on the way in. And I think there was proof of vaccinations and things like that. And they separated the backstage from from the crowd. So we, we couldn't do like the merch lineup and all that fun stuff where we get to meet the fans. But, uh, you know, it was a, it was a great start back to live music and we did a few shows throughout the summer but most of the big ones were canceled we did a lot of small town you know kind of fairs and and well not a lot i mean five shows feels like a lot in a summer where you know we're, we're missing all yeah, it used to be a week before remember yeah, exactly, before COVID. yeah um how was this time at home i mean you have this sort of a crossroads in your life right like you balance being a dad to your daughters and at the same time you have to be on the road and doing shows for certain seasons of of the year and and uh you have been given this gift of all kinds of dad time that you might not have been able to have so it's kind of hard to be upset about that yeah you know what's funny about this job too is it's like you know when people hear you're a touring musician they figure like oh you probably never see your kids but honestly i feel like i get more daytime hours with my my kids than than most dads do that have to kind of nine to five it and uh i was i felt really lucky for that and, and i'm in just such a unique situation my wife's got a, a great job that's flexible and and like in 2019 or 18, whenever before the pandemic was, I went on a big tour with, with Brett Kissel and we did like a hundred shows. I didn't even know there was a hundred places to play in Canada. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it was insane. And I don't know how we pulled it off, but you know, um, my wife and I make a pretty good team and the girls are pretty flexible and you know, we live, uh, we've figured it all out. I've triangulated all the babysitters and in, in my hometown here, we live close to the in-laws close to my parents and, it's like the perfect storm for a music career. And I think I'm, I'm one of the lucky ones. Well, it is a great opportunity to something that you're never going to forget. That's for sure is this extra time and what comes of it. So tell me, you have been creating through this whole process. Uh, you have a new album that's on its way. Uh, is an album in today's world even still an album? Like, is it come out with all like a bunch of songs on it? You know, we funny. We did a thing last night on the show. Like, do you need someone to sit on the beginning of the song and say Jason Derulo at the beginning or something? Like, how does that work now? <laughs> I'm gonna start working that into every song. Uh, you know, it's funny. Like, I don't. I loved albums as a kid. Like, I like digesting music like that. But it's just as an artist, it doesn't make any sense to make an album anymore. The only reason that I really 
make albums, it seems like, is to make sure that I'm qualifying for CCMA awards or Junos or grants or whatever. And that's kind of sad. I think there's like some magic lost in in that. But um, but this this I have a record coming out actually in February, and, and and for me this one made sense because it was like all the songs I've been doing over the last eighteen months and a few other songs that fans haven't heard yet kind of just feel like it's a it's a chapter and it's like it's a it's a part of my That's writing cool. story yeah. yeah and so i wanted to make sure that i bundled that together properly and and put that out and um so yeah I mean, i've been working hard on that and, and actually i've got a whole another record that i'm already working on past this one wow so it's it's ton- tons of work sitting here staring at my computer writing with people producing demos and honestly i've been so busy working on other people's stuff too i've I've been crazy this year. I got a, a top 20 or top 30 country song right now. I produced for a girl named Haley Benedict from my hometown and two, uh, two rock songs that I produced are in the top 20 right now and on active rock radio. And I had another one earlier in this year. So it's been really cool. You know, I've, I've been working with artists in Australia and working with the road hammers a lot. So I've been, you know, I it's a, you'd think that it would be this massive slowdown and I'd be hurting yeah. for work, but I've, I don't think I've ever been busier. It's weird. That's great. And Jason McCoy is a terrible guy to spend time with. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, Clayton Bellamy and I are writing together all the time and, and I don't get to be in the same room as McCoy all that often, but man, he's a, he's a brilliant guy. Both those guys are just 10 out of 10 musicians and hilarious, like so much fun to hang with. Yeah. Light and fun and such a good time. Okay. Well, uh, Dan Davidson took the time out of his busy schedule to give us the, uh, the new millennial on the radio intro for Ryan O'Donnell. And we're really, really grateful. You have a song that's called really shouldn't drink around you. Now, if ever there was a song title that has a story attached to it, that's probably the one. So are we allowed to share this story or <laughs> what's going on here? Well, I'll tell you, I guess I'll tell you a little bit about it. It's is the song is, uh, I put it out in Australia. The reason that I really wanted to release it is because I had some momentum happening down there. Like I had uh, a song I did with the road hammers actually, that that was my first Australian release and it got up to number 11 on the country charts down there. And, and so I was really trying to just kind of ride the coattails of that one. And, and I, I found uh, an artist that I've done some work with down there, this girl, Haley Jensen. Um, and we put her on as a duet partner for the song. And, and so Australia was really the focus, but the way the song came about, was weird because this song was actually the only song I've ever done that I wasn't a writer on. So it's, it's, it was new territory for me, but there's actually a good music industry story here. A super frustrating one that goes along with it. <laughs> it. Yeah. In 2019, I was working on a record. Um, my record that was called Juliet. And um, I got pitched this song from some American publishers that reached out to my producer and they were like, Hey, I th- we think this would be great for Dan. Um, and I love the song. I thought it was great. You know, it kind of fit my brand. It was like a fun drunken love song, which is kind of like the thing that I seem to do well. And, uh, <laughs> and yes, you know, like you gotta I, be known for something, man. If that's yeah, what it is, being drunken love thing. songs, then do it. Not a bad thing to be known for. Right. But, uh, yeah, I looked at the writers on it and it's like Shane McAnally and Josh Osborne and Trevor Rosen, which are some of the biggest songwriters in Nashville. And I was like, Oh my God, how did this find its way to me? This is crazy. So I was like, you know what, let's do it. Um, so we did the song, paid for it, recorded it. And then I sent it to this American publisher that had pitched me the song. And I was like, hey, you know, check this out. Hoping that maybe I could weasel my way into some big American writing sessions down in Nashville. 
And we got this like hurried email back saying like, Hey, you can't do that. Hold on, hold on. Don't put out the song yet. And it turns out like one of the other writers decided he wanted to develop another artist and give it to this, this other artist in America. And so basically they had, they had given me first dibs, but they didn't know that they had given me first dibs. Oh, so it, was, it was awful. And I was so mad that I had to shelf the song and it came out in America under another artist's name. And I had to just wait for the dust to settle. It didn't come out in Canada. Um, so my version was a lot more fun and a lot more country. The other version was a little softer. So, you know, when the dust finally settled, it was, it was years later, it was 2021. And, and, you know, I was so excited to, to finally get this song out into the world. And it was the, it was the first and last outside song I've ever taken, I think. And I, <laughs> just the, the red tape and the politics of it all was super frustrating. I, so. I can only imagine like the, the, the disappointment obviously would be so strong, but at the same time, it's a good reminder why you're not working a Monday to Friday job where someone else is your boss kind of dictating your future and your outcome. Like that's, yeah, you know what? I got this. I'll just take care of this now. Yeah. Well, you know what? Like I've had so much success as a songwriter now that I feel like I've got some confidence there and I, I don't really need to be taking outside cuts, but you know, sometimes when those songs come across your desk, it's like, it's, it's tempting because, you know, that one was a really great song and I was, I'm still proud of it that my version got out there finally and, and saw some, some light of day, but yeah, the next, the next record is full of just songs that I've co-written myself. So. I love it. All right. Well, that doesn't tell me any sort of drunken stories that I thought we we're going to get some blackmail material out of this, but it's fair. <laughs> You know what's so funny? I I was playing the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville um, back before the world shut down, and it's so funny. I had this like little epiphany that that it's like so many of these writers down there. When I was doing the writers round, they're all telling stories from the heart, and it's like all this like you know really tormented or or pained lyrics that 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 came from somewhere in their life. And I was like, I don't know, I kind of. I'm a pretty happy guy. I don't have too many problems and, and, you know, I'm pretty lucky. So I usually just write things that I think that people can relate to. But when you're at the Bluebird Cafe, you got to tell a story about your song. Like you got to sell it. Right. And so all these people had these awesome stories. And I was introing this song called Slow Dance. And I just like came up with this elaborate lie that I told as the background <laughs> for the story for like 10 minutes. And I was like, I got to stop and just play the song because this is this is a web of lies I'm weaving out here in front of all these people. So, yeah. Maybe you should have, uh, maybe you should have uh, taken note of that storyline you wrote. It might be three or four songs written into that heartbreak. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's country music's a funny thing like that. It's all very personal for some people. And, and for me, I just, I just think that it's like, it's a great connector. It's something that I think, you know, people want to relate, people want to connect. And so I just try and fill those gaps. Oh, it's a good, uh, that's a good statement for life in general, Dan. I really appreciate your help and this is super fun. And how about we take some time here and, and, and play the song for you. That'd be great. I really appreciate being here, man. Oh, thanks so much. This is great. This is the shift podcast. Oh, now it's 2022 and, uh, that's even weird to say, my God. Um, how do we save money? I don't know about you. I feel like I overspent some surprises. I wasn't expecting all those things. And how do we save some money? So we got to welcome back Canada's Coupon Cutie to the program. Coupon Cutie Canada on the Instagram is probably the best way to connect and get our link tree. And uh, welcome back. And you are couponing. Is your little heart's content to start the new year, aren't you? Oh, we all January is like the month when I do the most because 
Um, it's just that time of year. So like I'm doing the most to show everyone how to save money right now. Yeah. That, well, I didn't know that this is learning for me because you yeah. had talked about all that. And I was hoping that you could share with us some of those secrets about that you've shared on your Instagram, which is sort of the, the getting started in January can actually set you up quite nicely for the year. Um, you know, in a couple of ways, I guess, getting a couple of things that you need at an amazing deal that you know you're going to need in two months. At the same time, just getting into the conversation about coupons seems to be something that you're onto too. Oh, yeah. Like, so now um, there, the cost of food has increased dramatically over the last couple months, um, which I didn't expect that. That kind of put us into the motion as well of being extra like, let's do the most like let's figure this out and actually show everyone how to save money so how do we do that how do we get started because i know that online um um you have really started with this subscribe to the coupon lists now to start the year what is that all about and how does that part work okay so the lists are just my my evil brain working, I guess you could say. I just started making them because I found it was an easy way to show people things that they need to do that I've learned over the years. It's not anything necessarily you can subscribe to. It's just a collection of data that I've started um, and that we as couponers do. So um, some of the things that you can do is number one, mail out um, companies. You can send them emails and request coupons. Now, the reason we do it January 1st it's because this is when they um, restock their coupons every year, usually. Oh, okay. most companies. And now not every company does this. So you can't just email any company and they'll be like, yes, I'll send you coupons. They might. They might. You can try. But this is what the list is for, is so that you know which places have said yes previously. Okay. And then I put it on a list for everybody. Now, you also do not only that sort of, you know, which I like that, by the way, is something that I would say here on the show is how do you create this and by actually actively um, seeking out help from these companies, then you are actually just creating cheaper prices by doing that, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but you also do the basics. You um, follow a flip app you've said before with us is a great one to, to price check and at least comparative shop too, if nothing else, and do the, um, the, the what do you call it when you go to one store price and match. price match. Yeah. Thank you. My brain was dying there for a second. Um, but you also just check the physical coupons. Like when you go to Superstore, do you stop and check that bulletin board at the front all the time? So um, that's actually gone. They got rid of those. Oh, did they? Oh, probably COVID. Yes. Actually, just before COVID, they did it. Um, But they have them still in the aisles. But yeah, that's another great way that I always tell people to get coupons. You look in the store, um, in the aisles by the products. Now, you want to mainly check like Loblaws banner stores, anything owned by Loblaws. They usually have the most coupons. Um, And then you can also print coupons from select um, websites, which I have a list of as well, of course. Of course. Gotta <laughs> yeah. have a list. <laughs> Gotta have a list. <laughs> Do you have a list that keeps control of all your lists? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> That's beautiful. So do you have to... Do you have to go in prepared? Because a lot of people are working on a budget, right? They're looking for, and this is the bit of the catch-22 that I've heard about our coupon conversation is that when people go out, they're usually working on a budget and looking for a discount. Many of the coupons that we see are buy three, get points, stuff like that. So that's really great if you need floor cleaner for the next year and a half, but it doesn't service somebody who is on a fixed income and, um, and is struggling that way. Do you have to be able to create distinct, actions to deal with those? 
I get exactly what you mean. It's like, um, well, I buy this kind of salad dressing. I need it now. How do I get it for really cheap or free? Unfortunately, it's just not that easy, but it doesn't mean that people who aren't on a budget can't save money as well. It's about with couponing, of course, you do need some, a little bit of money to start with, um, to get into it, to get that stockpile to start up so that you can then earn your points and then flip them because you can redeem and earn points as well. So that, um, I know it sounds a little complicated, but once you get into it, you, you would understand kind of what I mean. But um, once you get a little bit of money going, you can keep rolling those mo that money into points and then keep getting stuff for free and use that money even towards other items as well. Does that make sense? It does. I think when you, I think that this will help when you, you PC points is a big one. I think that you use, right. Yes, and you yes. directly correlate cash to points in some of your conversations that's saying, you know, you can redeem 10,000 points for $10 or I don't know what the number yeah. is. Yeah, um, that's correct. Is it? Oh, good. Good guess. Yeah. Um, so at least, you know, that when you look at a coupon and if you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, I'm assuming you can't do that on the same transaction, but you could do it on separate transactions. So you buy yourself some Windex, you get 10,000 points. Now the Windex might cap out your limited budget, but you also know that you have enough milk to the end of the week. So you use your points to get your milk at the end of the week. Is that the kind of just new thinking that you have to work on? Exactly. And you can roll those points. So like, let's say you're like, let's say you had $10 in points and then you've seen there's Windex you could get for free with points. You can take your points you already have, redeem them, buy the Windex, get the other points, and not even have to pay anything out of pocket at a lot of at a lot of the stores. Mm -hmm. So that's like a great way to keep flipping it, and that's kind of the budget idea you want to kind of bring into play with that, I guess. So when we talk about the Flip app, right, and that place price matching thing, um, that's yep. amazing to find. Even if you just use it for anything but for your shopping list or to find prices on things and what's on sale where. I mean, yep. I've done that where, you know, I'm about to barbecue and I've got to run errands and it doesn't matter where I go. So I'll look up chicken, find out who's got good deals on chicken this week, and then I'll just sort of cater my errands to the chicken. Yeah. Um, that doesn't work for everybody because some people are, you know, maybe in a chair or they're using public transit or they're doing, you know, so, but it's helpful. It's a good way to start. Do you yeah. recommend just going to one store and getting to know how they do things? Because to me, once you're price matching, you're like, well, this story carries this size of the margarine and this one has this size and they're a little bit different. So it's hard to price match it. And you got to understand that this one offers you 30 free points, which equals $3, but that one gives you 10,000 points, but that <laughs> equals $1. Like uh, it is a lot S yes. starting at one store and getting to know that system seems to be um, like the best way to get going. So see, that's why I only really talk about PC points is because it's a good place for people to start. There's air miles, there's other reward programs, but I mainly just do PC points because then it's one system you can learn and then you can branch out from there once you get it. Um, now, what you were saying just about how you were looking at the price of chicken, I just wanted to touch on that because maybe, okay, so let's say you, you said you went to that store to get that chicken. But what if they just dropped the price of chicken to get you in that store and then you bought all your other groceries there? You didn't price match them. So you actually ended up paying more for everything you bought, essentially. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, at the end of the day, I spent 12 bucks, not 10 or whatever. Yeah. So it's always best, personally, I think, to shop at a store where you can price match like No Frills or Superstore. Mainly those are the main ones that I do it at um, because then you can have the opportunity to price match all your groceries 
as opposed to get one thing on sale. It's remarkable, but it like I want people to understand the simplicity of it. Do you have to sometimes accept that you're going to need to stock up on things to save money and look bigger picture sometimes? Um, kind of like, yeah, you, you kind of do to save money. You want to stock up on things. I, I do think that. Yes. Hmm. That's good. I mean, it's good, but I've been trying to have less stuff around the house. I was guilty <laughs> of that, right? I would just get more and more stuff and then it wouldn't get used or it'd go bad or whatever. Um, but I mean, presence is a thing that we talk about a lot in today's world, right? We talk about it a lot on the show and, and, um, and how that, you know, is a, it's a big thing in our life, but really not to get all hippy dippy here, but that is kind of what it boils down to is just become present to dollars and that's about it. Yeah. Like, and I get what you're saying. Like, you know, who needs all this stuff? Why do you need 50 floor cleaners? You don't need 50 floor cleaners. You do not <laughs> like don't get caught up in the, some people get caught up in the hype of the freebies and things like that, but it's just buying a couple of each things. Like here's a great example tonight. I went to no frills today. Um, I got, they had this pork on for 50 cents a pound. So this, I have like this huge thing bigger than my head for four fifty four dollars and 50 cents. The whole thing was filled with them and everyone was grabbing them. Did I need to take 10? No. Did I? No, I did not. Because <laughs> I know that I don't need 10. Right. I bought three and I'll probably give one to my brother. So it's about being moderate, even though I know it's exciting. Three is great. You don't need 10. Hmm. So tell me about uh, the coupon bins or the, the sale bins. I mean, I've noticed this and maybe this is incredibly naive of me, that some stores always have one place that has a discount. I've noticed it with Save On. Um, now, this is Western Canada because not everyone's going to, in Ontario, is going to understand these stores. But um, with Calgary Co-op, for example, they always have this the sort of their uh, meat aisle ends, always has discounts. Uh, it doesn't mean it's not available in the meat aisle, but it's all right there. And same thing with, um, with Save On. They have this one little pocket that you go to where they'll have bacon on sale or chicken fingers or something's always there. Do you need coupons, really? Or is coupons just the added bonus? Um, you, you need coupons still. Well, like um, for meats, if you were specifically talking about meat, there's not a lot of coupons on meat, but it's all couponing, extreme couponing and couponing isn't just about a physical coupon. It's about looking for things like that, like discount in the meat aisle, but then also checking your PC app to see if you have a personal offer for points on that meat. So you being a couponer is looking for those kind of things and just thinking a little bit differently. You must be a lot of fun in Mexico in a market. Uh, oh my god! You, <laughs> my husband heard you say that he would die. They they don't like me very much usually. <laughs> when you're visiting, that's amazing. Uh, At least bartering sense of things. They're not yeah. uh, super. Yeah, right. Yes, of course. Um, so. This is so good. Now, I do know, and I'll save this for our next chat here, yeah. uh, but I, I want to tease it. You are a connoisseur of the dollar stores as oh, well. Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, and so I want, <laughs> without giving away the secret, because I, I want to save it for next time, chatting just about dollar stores, there are good deals to be had there, hands down, but there are deals that aren't that great either. You oh, found absolutely. You find both, and we need to know that, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. The dollar store, Dollar Tree has really changed the way you shop there the last maybe year or so. They've come into a lot of 
um, discount merchandise that's higher end merchandise for lower end prices. And you need to know your stuff and look up your prices to understand that. Um, that's the exciting stuff is when you can get something that's worth like 50 bucks for $4. Mm -hmm. um, but there's also the side of things of people who go there, they buy the cleaners and stuff there that is is not a good deal. And so there's, there's both those things and very, um, very important to know before you go to the store. And we're not even talking about buying brand name mugs at Winners and HomeSense yet. This is only just the dollar store. So we can get into all that too. Yeah. Uh, it's and stuff that some of it's crap falls apart. You know what I did buy because of you though? Um, I bought that Mickey Mouse oven glove. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. I have that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw it on your Instagram and that's why I went and bought it. I was like, I need this. So I went, literally went to the dollar store and found it because of it. Um, you know, there's, it's so good. There are things, I mean, there's other Instagram accounts for cleaning, for example, that will say, you know, get these brushes at the dollar store. So, you yes. know, the, and those are good deals, right? So you can learn more with Coupon Cutie Canada on the Instagram and give her a look and learn some things. Remember, give yourself the grace of this is a big project. But if you turn it into kind of a way of thinking, you can save a bunch of money. Is there one particular thing in the last week or so here that's really surprised you before we say goodbye? One deal that was most amazing to you that still surprises you that you can oh, come to mind? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the one deal everyone loved last week we was um, we got free oat milk. Everyone's really excited about that. Um, so how it works, it's actually on again this week. If anyone's listening right now, you can get um, the oat milk, oat milk at Superstore for $2.99. You get a dollar back in PC points, and then you get $2 back on Checo 51. So you get completely free oat milk, which is awesome. It's lovely. Coupon Cutie Canada. Happy New Year. Thanks for being here. Yeah, and I do look forward too. to you telling your stories about the, the dollar store and the Dollar Tree and all those ones too, because this is uh, that's really going to hit home for everybody. Oh, I'm so excited. We'll, we'll do like the top finds or something. It's so much fun. Thanks for listening to The Shift Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review the show and share with anyone you like. Get it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and CuriousCast.ca. 